Your organic search is over. Here's Naturally Savvy with health experts Andrea Donsky and Lisa Davis. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky, and my daughter and I both have sensitive skin, but hers is out of this world. So today we're going to talk about the best and worst treatment options for sensitive skin with Dr. Cheryl Lee Eberding. Hello, Dr. Eberding. Welcome to Naturally Savvy. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it's so nice to have you on. This is an issue, especially I find for people who live in super cold climates when the air is so dry and you're inside all the time and the humidity goes away. I mean, she'll come home with the most chapped hands and her little sensitive face. And I just worry about her. And I think, what what can we do? What are, Let's uh, jump into the best and worst treatments for sensitive skin. Okay, let's talk about that. So the best treatments for sensitive skin, first of all, are moisturizers that optimize the skin barrier. And when we talk about optimizing the skin barrier, there are a couple of things that go wrong when people have sensitive skin and when people have eczema. Um, First of all is the lipid or the fat production in the skin. And the skin, when your skin is dry, as your skin is aging also, and if you have eczema, um, your skin does not make certain lipids. And the job of those lipids is to hold on to water and to also acidify, so make the skin acidic, and to also be naturally antibacterial. And some people, many people actually, don't make some of those lipids, and so the skin barrier can't do that part of its job, which then leads to the breakdown and the cracking and drying and peeling. And so um, that is something that's very important, and I actually developed a technology that targets those exact problems, so replaces the specific lipids, corrects the pH, helps to control infection because it corrects the pH, which then by default helps to control the inflammation and the development of allergies in people who have sensitive skin. Now, can you tell us a little bit about people who have sensitive skin? Like, So what would be a definition of sensitive skin? Now, I know you mentioned eczema, but psoriasis, would it be reddened skin, rashes? Like what defines, or if someone comes to you and said, I have sensitive skin, what could that range be? So first of all, about 50% of people consider themselves to have sensitive skin. In actuality, I believe that we all have sensitive skin, and it really comes down to um, your skin being easily irritated by chemicals or products that go on it. The fact that you have a skin disease like psoriasis or eczema does not necessarily mean you have quote-unquote sensitive skin. Um, because there are people who do not have a a skin disease who also consider themselves to have sensitive skin. And um, that's what I'm talking about when when people have really uh, very sensitive skin when things are applied to them. They itch, it burns, they can't use hardly anything, especially products that have fragrances. Um, That is what sensitive skin is. Now, people who have eczema, they have crazy sensitive skin. And uh, for people like them, it's very important that they avoid certain uh, certain products and certain chemicals as to not exacerbate the problem. So I'm guessing that the products that you make don't have these types of chemicals that do exacerbate and the fragrances Correct. and the other toxic ingredients. Oh, that's wonderful. Correct. Yeah. So that's when great. I was formulating these products, I w- first of all, I was a clinical research fellow at the National Institutes of Health where I spent my time treating people from all over the world with the worst cases of eczema. <clears throat> and I wanted some products 
that these people could safely use without any of the chemicals that we know cause problems in people who have sensitive skin because there's a lot of data on what's, what chemicals do cause problems in these people. And I also wanted products that corrected what is biologically going wrong in the skin of these people. And so I actually spent about four years just working on the science of this technology and um, addressing the problems with the lipids, with the pH, with the inflammation, with infection and allergy. And by addressing all of those problems at the same time, um, we've actually had great success in helping people to control their eczema, helping uh, people who have redness and flushing, cracked hands and feet to normalize the skin barrier and help it to go back to normal and do what it's supposed to be doing. You know, my husband, he's had eczema on his face for many years. And every time he has eczema, he goes to his cortisone cream. And every time he uses his cortisone cream, I cringe and I give him, let's say, not such no, not such nice words. I'm like, don't use that. It's so hard on your <laughs> liver. Why are you doing that? You know? So, you know, the one of the things, why do people use cortisone cream? So what is it about cortisone that works? And I mean, we know why we shouldn't be using it. But tell us why people use it and why, you know, you chose not to use that. I'm assuming if you're not using harsh chemicals in your products. So cortisone is a, top, a, a type of a topical steroid, and topical steroids are the gold standard for treating eczema. Their main purpose is to turn off inflammation. People who have eczema okay. have inflammation as a result of an abnormal skin barrier. And in some people, the inflammation takes hold that far surpasses the problem of the skin barrier, and the primary problem becomes the inflammation. And that is only one of the pieces to the puzzle. You've got to turn off the inflammation, but if you don't repair the skin barrier in the first place, that which caused the problem, you're just going to go back to inflammation again. So my products do, one of our products does contain a 1% hydrocortisone that you use for a very short time. And that is to control the inflammation, but you use it in conjunction with an ointment, a special ointment that goes on top that also replaces the lipids. Our hydrocortisone replaces the lipids, helps to acidify the skin, has two other natural anti-inflammatory molecules to help potentiate the anti-inflammatory effect without more steroid, and also is free of any of the chemicals that are known to cause a problem in people who have sensitive or eczema-prone skin. And so in my, you know, my, my tactic for treating eczema is turn off the inflammation and repair the skin barrier and then keep the skin barrier repaired so you don't get eczema again. That is, that oh, is that the important sense. key to the puzzle. Okay, because it sounds like otherwise people are going to keep using cortisone cream and cortisone cream, but if they can just use a tiny bit for a short time and then repair the skin and not have to use it again, to exactly. me, that I understand that, right? Exactly. It's like, and I think of that as like harm reduction, you know, a little bit, yeah. but it's, it's better than using it for the long term. Exactly. And we know that if you can get it under control, we can now keep it under control with the True Lipids products. That is so cool. Now, in the beginning, you mentioned that some people don't have the lipids, lip, lip, lipids, <laughs> lipids that they're supposed to have. Is this something that you, you ascertain through looking at their skin or is there a test that can say, oh, you don't really have enough lipids in your skin? Talk to us about that. Okay. So first of all, um, you, you can tell if someone is missing lipids in their skin just on, by physical exam by an experienced dermatologist. So people who have eczema, for example, 50% of them have a mutation in, in their genes that makes it so they don't make a molecule called filaggrin, which is a, a protein that also helps your skin hold on to water, but is also related to the lipids. 
the lipid production is separate from that, but they genetically do not make certain lipids, which is what makes them predisposed to the eczema in the first place. And interestingly, those same lipids, some of those same lipids that are deficient in people who have eczema are also deficient in just regular old dry skin and are also deficient in aging skin. So we know that these lipids are important in keeping your skin youthful, soft, moisturized, and, and free of wrinkles. It's, it's all part of um, the, the age-fighting measures that your body naturally should have. And so anyway, so these lipids are, it's, it, the, the science of the lipids is very interesting. One of the things that I love to do, especially in winter, and one of the signs in our body, if we are, if we do have a lot of dry skin, is that we need more essential fatty acids or omega-3s. So I know that I'm a big fan of fish oil, and we talk about fish oil a lot on our show. So I think that, you know, in general, is that something that, you know, in like 20 seconds or less, is that something that you would recommend people to up their intake as well to help with those you lipids they, that they could be yeah, lacking? They've actually studied that up the wazoo and have found... Um, very little benefit from ingesting them. Um, from a diet standpoint, the two things that have made a difference are prebiotics and probiotics. Um, the probiotics need to contain a bacteria called Bacillus rhamnosus, um, and they've, they've found that these prebiotics and probiotics from a diet standpoint are the only thing that really do make a difference in eczema. In eczema specifically. I know that for, for those who want more research on omega-3s, you can visit omega-research.com. They have over 10,000 studies on the benefits of omega-3s. I'm Andrea Donsky along with Lisa Davis. This is Naturally Savvy Radio on Radio MD. If you want to learn more about Cheryl Lee, go to her website at CherylLeeMD.com.